Hey, Pastor John Aiken here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Faith Center podcast. We hope today's teaching will awaken and equip you to live out your God-given purpose. Enjoy. Y'all make me nervous. So, um, I want to start with, with, I have so many scriptures on my heart and on my mind. I'm really just trying to go with a a flow, asking the Lord to help. So, guys, uh, Matthew chapter 7, I want to start in verse uh, 24. Very familiar uh, section of scripture, Matthew Matthew 7, uh, verse 24. Uh, When you got it, say got it. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, this is Jesus talking. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house. Everybody say house. On the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. Has anybody's house felt like you've been beat lately? Beat on that house and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. So what Jesus was doing is he's speaking uh, the living word of God to them in the form of a parable. We know who the rock is. The Bible tells us that the rock is Jesus. He, he is the rock. He's the rock. He's the foundation. He's the cornerstone. He's the, he's the everlasting rock. You know, he's, he's the rock. And so he's talking to them. And, and he said, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them is like a wise man. And he's talking about a house. Your house is being built. And so as we, we're going to continue to talk about prayer. We're going to go to Acts chapter 2 in a second and then go to another place in the book of Acts and maybe jump to a few other places. We'll see. We're still talking about what shall we do. Um, and next week, uh, isn't it ne- next week? That Donald's going to be here? Yeah, so next week, and, and I missed the announcements. Did you announce the CTM? Okay, so next Friday night, there's going to be a conference here um, from the CTMF family, which is the, the, the group connected with Rick Clendenin, that's going to be here, and Debbie and, and Richie will be here, and they'll be talking about some of the, the, the books and what we did in Mexico, what you guys helped to, to do and made and provided for Mexico and, and then uh, that whole group of, of Rick's spiritual sons and kind of a family reunion is going to be here next Friday night. Uh, the first service, the first part of the conference, and, and anyone's welcome to come. Uh, it's going to start at 7 p.m. And, uh, and there's going to be teaching that night. And then, that, then Saturday morning from like 9 to noon, there's going to be some sessions with some other guys sharing. One of those is going to be Donald Sims, who's now the leader of the organization that Rick led. And you're going to hear about some ways to you know, partner with them and how they plant churches around the world and how we can be a part of that and help with that. But uh, Donald Sims is going to stay over and preach Sunday. Uh, anybody remember Donald Sims preaching here before? Yeah, yeah he is just a trip. Uh, so I would encourage y'all to be here. He's an amazing teacher, amazing man of God, and he's funny as all get out. Uh, and... And so he'll be here next week teaching. And there's a reason I was bringing him up. Why was I bringing him up? I don't know why I was bringing him up. 
anyways, be here next week. Oh, I know why I was bringing them up. Uh, because for, for unless the Lord does something different, today's going to be the last day that I kind of focus on the what shall we do aspect. I really feel like I've just been kind of following the Lord and, and, and I'm going to try to tie some things together uh, for us today because we've, we've been, if you haven't watched them, go watch all the sermons. Uh, last week was amazing, especially in worship last week. I just really sensed the Spirit of God doing something in a lot of families last week. Did anybody else sense that or is it just me? Yeah, I just, it was really, really cool. And, and it's always blessed, it always blesses, blesses us when we see you like giving yourself to hear the word and be a part of the word. And then you respond to God in worship. You respond to him by being a doer and not just a hearer. And, and God begins to work and begins to move through some people. And, and it's just a precious, precious time. Uh, and you guys last week just seemed to open up and it was just amazing. Amazing. When you open up to the Lord, when you're receiving the word, uh, it's powerful. And when you open up to the Lord, when it's time to, to just respond back to him and honor him and celebrate him and pray for one another, man, it's just beautiful. Uh, there's people that have told me that have visited this church. And there's a person here last week that, that mentioned, uh, I don't remember their exact words, but they said, you guys have something special here. And this person has been in multiple churches uh, because of part of their calling in life. They are exposed to all kinds of churches, all kinds of denominations, and they stop. And this person is not, not a talker. They're not someone that just offers information. They're really a quiet person, but they felt the need to express, you guys have something special here. And I believe we do. If you believe that, say amen. amen. So what foundation is your house built upon? And we've got to reverse the, 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 the mindset. Nowadays, there's people thinking big. We're thinking big. We're thinking broad. We're thinking way out there. Let's change the world. Well, you need a foundation to change the world from, and that first foundation is you. And that's why sitting at this table and sitting at the table of the Lord where you and your personal life, with no, even if you're the only one in your family, if you're the only one in your neighborhood, if you're the only one in your workplace, that you begin to choose to say, I am a believer in Christ, I am a disciple of Christ, and I'm going to build my house upon the rock, which means I'm going to make time to be with the Lord in relationship with the Lord at a table of the Lord. I'm going to make Him my, and his, my relationship with him, a priority in my life. Now, some of you have been saved a long time. You've been going to church a long time. But I would challenge some of you to say, how long and how well do you actually come to, how much do you come to the table of the Lord? How meaningful of a time do you have with the Lord? I'm thankful that you're in church. But if church has trained you to be in church, but not build a functional, meaningful, life-giving relationship with Christ, then church has taught you wrong. And I'm glad you're here. But you need to, all of us, what would happen in our life if we would begin to, just because we're in church does not mean our house is built upon the rock. So your house has dimensions. Your house starts with you. We're the temple of the Lord, the house of the Lord as an individual. The Lord lives inside of us. If we're believers in Christ, the Lord lives inside of us. So individually, I am a house of the Lord. And the starting place is that this house is built upon a rock. So before you try to go change the world, you need to make sure that you are, you are changing you. Because the best way for you to change the world is for you to be changed. And so you start here that I'm going to come to the table of the Lord. I'm going to be a hearer and a doer of the word. And here's the deal. The wind, the waves, the things that come beat against our house, they happen to all of us. They happen to all of us. The just and the unjust. And so the wind and the waves, all that stuff is going to happen. But the difference is what is our house built upon? And when we talk about what shall we do, when we look in Acts chapter 2, as a matter of fact, just go there, look in Acts chapter 2 real quick. Uh, we've looked at this, these scriptures over the last few weeks, and as we've, we've looked at this, and, and the word of God was penetrating their heart, and they had this question, what shall we do? And I've told you that 
that if, they, if your time in prayer and your time with the word of God and your time yielding yourself to God's word, I'm, see, you can come to the table of the Lord and read some scriptures and never present yourself to God. So I'm not talking about you just having a chore of like, yeah, I read my Bible. Or yeah, I went to church. We got to go deeper than that. You got to go deeper than that. You got to come, you got to come to the Lord through his word by submitting yourself on a regular basis. And some of us in this room, we're moved by emotion. Some of us, we like, we like praise. We want to get up and dance. We want to get up and shout. We like things lively. We like things bold. We like preaching that is like, mm-hmm, come get you some or well, whatever. We like that kind of stuff. I probably shouldn't say that when I preach. Uh, But we like preaching that's really bold and really loud and stuff. It's really good to see y'all. I just feel like I had no no judgment. I just feel like I haven't seen y'all sitting out there in a little bit. Am am I right? Have y'all been gone? So why y'all been gone? No kidding. (laughs) I'm glad you're back. Good to see y'all. The reality is that some of us like different things. It moves us. And so if you come to, if that kind of person comes to a quiet service or a quiet time, you feel like, well, God's not in this. Well, no, he's in it, but you just need to tune your antenna to learn how to grow in an area that you might be weak in. And then some of y'all who are like, you can tune into when it's quiet and it's, and it's a still small voice and you're comfortable with that. Not a lot going on and just really quiet and meditative and that kind of thing. And you're really good. Well, when God's doing some other stuff and there's a, there's a shout of victory and there's a, there's a shout of triumph that's going out and people are lifting their voice and raising, raising their voice and you get uncomfortable and you feel like, oh, this is, isn't God. You need to, you need to learn how to tune in, tune your antenna to when God's being a little bit loud and being a little bit big and being a little bit bold. And so we all have certain areas and pet peeves that we kind of like, and it's easier for us to grow in, but we got to learn to expand. And the first place of expansion starts with the table of the Lord because we know how to hear his voice. And when we know how to hear his voice, um, what happens in Acts chapter 2, what, what you see through here, and I'm not going to take time to read it all, all the way through, but th- their heart was, um, the word of God was preached, and they're, they're, they were cut to the heart. The word of God was preached, and they were cut to the heart. And it wasn't an argument. It was a declaration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and they were cut to the heart. And so they responded, what shall we do? And, and, and he went on to tell them, repent and be baptized. And, and then they got baptized. 3,000 people were saved and baptized. And, and then we read in verse 42, they, these 3,000 people continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, meaning being in the word, in fellowship, hanging out with, with God's people and being in covenant relationship with God's people, breaking bread. That means their meals were surrounded. We've talked about all these things and then in prayers and all four of these work together as one they function as a lifestyle and so now we're talking about prayer and we talked about prayer last week and we're going to keep talking about prayer but what I want you to see it starts at this table it starts with you coming saying Lord I want my actions to change I want the things that I do to change Because there's a lot of people that will hear something in church or hear something about God and and agree with it mentally. But the greatest form of agreement is obedience. That's the greatest form of, of, of agreement is, God, I agree not to the point of just listening, but to the point of action and to the point of for me. And, you know, the scripture says for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It didn't say for my house, we will serve the Lord. It said for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And you know, that can be spoken if you're the father of a house. That can be spoken if you're the mother of a house. That can be spoken if you're a single parent in the house. That can be spoken if you're a child or a teenager in the house. If, if everybody but you in the house is not serving the Lord, then in Jesus' name, you have a right, even though you might be the youngest and the least educated in the house, have the least money, may not even have a job, but you might be the least in that house and the least of that house, but to the least of these, Jesus Christ by faith gives you the right to stand up for a representative in that house and say, as for me and my house. 
Now, what's wonderful when the parents stand up and lead according to the values of God and the word of God. That's wonderful, and that's plan A, and that's how it should be. But make no mistake about it. Anyone who calls upon Jesus' name, even a little kid, some of you are in church this morning because your kids wanted to be here. Your kids asked you questions. God was working on your children, and you didn't know how to answer those questions, and you might have felt guilty, like, fine, let's just go to church. And the Lord will use your kids. So kids, I want you to know that when you obey your parents and you walk in the word of God and kids, when you have time in the word of God and you have time in prayer, what you're saying of your household, even as a little kid, you're saying as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And you may be the only one in your house that's saying that. And that's tough. That's That's a hard battle when you're the only one saying that. You may be a parent saying, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And you're, and, but you got to be careful because you can't do that by rules. There should be rules in a house, but you, you cannot lead by rules. It's relationship. It's relationship. You can't overlay your faith upon somebody else and say, you need to do this. Because here's what will happen. You might get the right behavior, but form the wrong belief in their heart. And they'll they'll conform to your church life. They'll conform to the, the, the outward structure of a thing to appease you and make you feel like you're being a good parent. But the whole time, they're, they're not being transformed by their life-giving relationship with Jesus. They're getting a hard shell on the outside, but unbelief is being incubated on the inside. And so it has to happen is I've got to come to the table where I'm here with the Lord. And then I've got to learn how to come to this table, which is the table of my family. And you don't have to turn there right now because I've got about five other scriptures in my head and I don't even know what I'm going to turn to next. But the Bible says this in, uh, in Isaiah, I believe, chapter 56. You can just make a note, Isaiah 56, and go read it later. And Jesus quoted this twice in the New Testament. That my father's house shall be a house of prayer. My father's house shall be a house of prayer. And in Isaiah 56, what he's talking about is the eunuchs and the foreigners and the strangers. Here's what he's saying. The people not like you. God is saying, I built in Israel a house of prayer so that all nations who are seeking me, not all nations who want to stay in their prideful rebellion, but all nations who are curious and want to seek me, all nations are welcome into this house. But what Israel failed to do in their house of prayer is they failed to open up to the people who were not like them. Because their prayer time here and their prayer time The prayer time here was distorted, which distorted the prayer time here. So this house uh, affected this house, and it became a people just like us. And if you're different from us, you're not welcome in this house. And shame on the church. When it's prideful and arrogant and trying to judge a world instead of trying to save it, So we don't have open access and free. We're actually, you know, to where we should be praying. We should be praying that the people who are not like us, the people who are who are not like us the most, should come into the house of prayer and call upon the name of the Lord. Because here's the deal: you didn't get changed, and then the Lord saved you. You came just as you were. And some of the, (laughs) I mean this with a good heart, some of the biggest rebellion is not by those who don't know the Lord. It's by those who know the Lord. Because we know Him, and we don't do what we know. We don't do what He said. And we, we can sit here, I can, I can get so angry and get so frustrated and start judging everybody else and it's make a us and a them kind of thing. And then, then, and then what happens is it's, a, it's not a house of prayer. 
And then my time here ends up getting different. My time here ends up getting different. And it's not a house of prayer for all nations saying those who are far, the the souls, God, these souls that are out there that are enemies of your gospel, we're praying that they become Paul's. Instead, what happens is a spirit of Saul comes upon the church and we, we end up persecuting the ones that don't even know the Lord. Because we take on their weapons as our weapons, but the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty in God, and this is what it means to be a person of prayer. You know, the son, uh, in John, what happened is uh, Peter and them was, was talking about some people that were different from them, and they said, Lord, you want us to call down fire on them? In, a, in, a, in, in what they thought was this righteous indignation. They were like, Lord, we'll call down fire on them. We'll execute your will upon their life and execute them. That's not a house of prayer. See, many times the church becomes a house of punishment, a house of judgment. And there is a day the Lord will judge the world according to righteousness. But today is not that day. So when I talk about prayer, I want us to pray with boldness. I want us to pray with boldness, but I want us to pray right. And I can, and I know if this happens to me, I, I would guess it happens to you. In the day in which we live, I can easily get off track. I can easily get distracted and my flesh gets stirred up. And the danger is I know enough scripture to justify my flesh getting stirred up. And I'll be distracted and deceived. And we start trying to go change something, do something, whatever. And the whole time, and every time I go to pray and talk to the Lord about stuff, he says the same thing to me every single time. Matter of fact, I get frustrated with him. It's all about discipleship. Am I willing to disciple people that are different from me? Because I'm going to tell you, I get in my flesh and you don't agree with me. I'm like, I ain't discipling you, moron. I ain't discipling you. be there and to, to do things to where, to where he's going to be at work because I get stirred up. I get mad about what, what this group is doing and that group's doing and the government's doing and all this stuff, but I've got to be reminded that God is my source and my, my rights and my responsibilities do not come from my government. They come from my God. And, and so the reality is, the reality is I can be, I can be over here at a different table looking on Facebook and looking on Google. That's another thing. Just cause you read it on the internet doesn't mean it's true. Lord Jesus, the God of Google. And what happens is I get over to the, the side table and I get all stirred up. And here's what happens to me. If you don't agree with me when I'm all stirred up, I think the problem's with you. And I try to find other people to join with me. And all that is a wasted energy that could be focused at the table of the Lord and a table of prayer. I want to give you an example of it. Acts chapter 4. Look in Acts chapter 4. So Acts chapter 2, you see the good stuff that happens. God's doing miracles, all kinds of stuff's breaking loose because these people are living a lifestyle. These people are living a lifestyle of those four pillars, those four things. They're doing, they're building a house upon a rock. They're not building a nation upon a rock. Listen to me. They're not building a nation upon a rock. They're not even building a city upon a rock. They're building their house upon the rock. And the byproduct of a house being built upon a rock is a city is built upon a rock. If you try, you can try to build a city, you can try to save a nation and lose your own 
house. But when you build your house, the Spirit of God does a multiplying effect. As for me and my house, he then multiplies it as for my house and my city, for my city and my nation. We can't multiply it, but God brings the increase. If we focus on our part and not be distracted. Jim said one time about the enemy using uh, weapons of mass distraction. Boy, that's so true in our day. We get distracted from this table, distracted from that table. So in Acts chapter 2, they're walking with the Lord, doing all these amazing things, building their house upon the rock, and they're, they're being doers of the word. Acts chapter 3, they're living out in their lifestyle, and, and they go and, and they heal somebody, a man that was lame. It's a beautiful story. In Acts chapter 3, they heal this man, and then all the religious authorities get all mad, and they get upset, and they bring them in, and they start persecuting them, and they say, by what power, what name did you do this? Miracle. And they're like, look, don't look at us. We, we didn't do it. This was done in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, they didn't like that. And so they came and they said, you can't preach in his name anymore. And they, they beat them and persecuted them and threatened them and said, and forbade them. You can't preach in Jesus name anymore. And listen to me. Some of us, we feel like, well, that's what they're doing to us today. They're not doing that to us today. They might be telling you, wear a mask, get a vaccine, do this. They're not telling you you can't preach Jesus. And you may say, well, it's going there. Well, you can keep living by fear if you want. The reality is, is nobody's muzzling your mouth from preaching Jesus. Don't be distracted. I don't agree with everything that's happening. Man, I'm feeling fired up right now. Yeah, coffee team is back in session. Got a pastor jacked up. I'm for real. Listen, I know I don't agree. I don't hardly agree with anything that's happening. I really don't. And I could, I could get on that soapbox and preach that sermon and get us all fired up and stirred up in the flesh and we would be so distracted from the table of the Lord. And we think we'd be doing a fight for God when actually we're being called into a fight that Jesus never invited us to. Because our job is to preach the gospel. Our job is to make disciples. Whether you're in America, whether you're in Mexico, whether you're in Russia, whether you're anywhere else, wherever nation you is, our job is not to build a nation. Our job is to disciple nations. And so the reality to this is how does that happen when you take responsibility of me and my house? And a lot of stuff that happens to me that I get, maybe not you, but I get distracted from, distracts me from this table and distracts me from that table. And I end up saying, Lord, you want me to call fire? You want me to call fire down? We're going to have a fire conference. <laughs> fire, fire, fire. Let's call fire down and just get them, God. Let's get them because it's us and them. But here's what they did. Here's what they did. And it wasn't, listen. I know there's all kinds of stuff going on. And, and in my flesh, I'm telling you, I want to preach a whole different sermon in my flesh. But every time I go to the Lord in prayer and I truly humble myself and I truly just empty myself and let myself be crucified, the Lord just gives a different flavor in my spirit. And I don't always like it because being in the flesh, doesn't it feel good? Doesn't it feel good to like just fire? <laughs> it feels good to vent. feels good to just run your mouth for a little bit. Never does good, but it feels good. But it never does the good works that we're called to do. So when I'm talking about coming to the table and the table of, of your household and the table of your church family also, I'm talking about us being surrendered to him. And every time I come, he's all about discipleship. And what you see here is they've been threatened. They've been saying, you can't, you can't preach in his name and you, you can't do this. They're, they're threatened. Um, man, look at verse 13 because it's just a really good verse. Acts 4, verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, boy, I fit that qualification. They marveled, they marveled, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. 
See, you can catch me on certain days and you can tell when I've not been with Jesus. When I've not been at the table because I'm stirred up in my flesh. And there's a fight I'm fighting and there's a passion that I have and there's a zeal I have, but it's not the zeal of the Lord. And it's not a house of prayer. And it's not praying for the Saul's to become Paul's. It's saying, get those Saul's. And what happens is I start trying to fight for me instead of fight for them. And as a kingdom citizen, you're good. You don't need to fight for you anymore. The Lord is your defense. We take on the armor of God and have the, the weaponry of God to fight for, the, for those who don't know God. But I don't like them. I get it. And so what happens is, he says, they took note that these people had been with Jesus. Look, look at verse 14. And seeing the man who had been healed standing there with them. So this man was miraculously healed. They could say nothing against it. Why could these re religious leaders who were enemies of God, who were trying to bring a false authority against God's people, and they weren't telling them that we're going to make you do this or do that or do that. They were saying, you can't preach in Jesus' name. Literally, directly, you can't preach in Jesus' name. And to my knowledge, that has not happened in the United States yet. It might happen later, but it's not happened yet. Now we know what to do if it happens. We're going to keep preaching Jesus. But there was a healing. There was a healing that happened, a miraculous sign and wonder. There's this healing, and they could say nothing against it, although they still ran their mouth. <laughs> Verse 15, but they had commanded them to go aside out of the council. They conferred among themselves, saying, and look at this phrase, look at this phrase, what shall we do to these men? For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through, through them is evident. So even the enemies were saying, we can't deny it. And to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and it says it right there, and we cannot deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them. And from now on, uh, they speak to no man in this name, talking about the name of Jesus. So they called them and commanded them not to speak nor at all to teach in the name of Jesus. Guys, this is another level stuff. This is not just, I'm trying to mandate this or mandate that. This is not, this is not just some, some ideas going. This is like, you cannot preach in his name. See, what's happening now is we have other things that are being said to us that are frustrating to, to deal with and frustrating to hear. And we take ourselves out of the game. Or maybe not you, maybe it's just me. But I get stuff that I get frustrated with in my flesh and I want to change it. And I want to, I'm like, I can't believe this. Sometimes it, it just things look upside down to me and I get so frustrated about it and I don't understand it. And what happens is my frustration and my flesh take me right out of the game. And I don't have anybody telling me in any kind of authority, John, you can't preach in his name, but I have so disconnected myself from the table and from prayer and from my relationship with the Lord because I've become preoccupied with this other thing and all of my passion in this direction is a waste. And no one's coming to me saying, you can't preach in his name. Yeah, but they're censoring on Facebook. I don't know of one person as of yet who was simply preaching Jesus who has been silenced. Now, maybe you were preaching Jesus and some other stuff, but it's that other stuff that they silenced. And if you would have just kept it focused on Jesus, instead of proving your point. Look, I'm talking to me. I'm just letting y'all hear it. And so here's what they did. They were told directly, you can't preach in his name. Verse 19, but Peter and John answered and said to them, they didn't fight back. Listen, they didn't fight back. They didn't get rude. They stayed humble, but powerful. Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you 
more than to God. You judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had, no, when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them. Because of the people, since, all, since they all glorified God for what had been done. See, what you do is louder than what you say. And what I'm believing for, and I, th- I really believe this. I really believe this. And I'm going to my table and the table with my family and, and Lord willing, the table with the church family to press into hearing the Lord because what I believe is going to happen is, is, is almost the Lord is setting us up to be free from distraction and come in in like a stealth way. And like when the enemy's working up here, we come in this stealth way and we see a revival of, of, of signs, wonders, and miracles that back up the, glory, the glorious name of Jesus Christ and walk in a spirit of truth. Not, I'm not talking about a bunch of goofy stuff. I'm talking about solid stuff like the man's healed. And for other people to say, well, who did that? And see, here's the deal. I'm just going to be honest with you. I hate, I, this is probably where I get in trouble but I'm going to stay long here. I hate wearing masks. I hate wearing masks. But if the governor mandated that we wear masks, if he mandated it, we'd have to wear a mask. And here's when I get messed up, when I get in my flesh, here's what happens. The fact that I feel like I've been told I have to wear a mask would so frustrate me, I wouldn't preach the gospel. And I would think the mask is what's preventing me from preaching the gospel when the reality is the mask is not preventing me from doing anything. It's my attitude that's preventing me from preaching the gospel. And I blame a lot of stuff on other things that's really my fault. And I want to be, I want to walk. If we want to have what they had, we got to do what they did. And they were devoted to these four things. And they came and, and they, were, they were threatened. And they answered and said, listen, we, we, you, you judge whether we should serve God or not. But, but as far as we're concerned, it goes on to say, we cannot speak. We cannot uh, speak the things um, We cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Meaning here at the table, here at the table. So when I'm standing in front of the community, I can't help but speak the things I've seen and heard here and here. And so from me and my house, the city is being changed. But if you're not careful, you'll try to change the city. And right underneath you, your house and your life will be distracted. Now's the time to focus in on the main thing. Making disciples for Jesus Christ. Caitlin said it a few weeks ago, and I I, I cannot agree more. Our responsibilities are so much more important than our rights. And that may make some of you mad. I don't want, I love our nation. I I hate seeing some of the things that are happening, happening. I don't understand all of it on either side. But my hope is in the Lord. And this ain't his first rodeo. And I know the, the thing in which we should do should be led by prayer. Look at what they did. Verse 23. And being let go, they went to their own companions. That's fellowship. That's covenant and reported all that the chief priest and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, here's what they did. They went and protested. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. It's a different translation. They went to Facebook. When they heard, and this is what they're saying. They shared the facts of here's what they said to us. It wasn't an event session. It's here's what they said to us. And then here's what we do. They raise their voice to God. See, the problem is we're raising our voice to the wrong person. And with one accord, and said, Lord, you are God. 
who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is within them. Now they're praying scripture. They're praying scripture. Verse 25, who by the mouth of your servant David, this is quoting Psalm chapter two, have said, why do the nations rage and people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ for truly against your holy servant. See, we think it's against us. which shows that we've not been crucified as much as we think we have. Against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel who were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, now, Lord, look, um, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness we may call fire down from heaven and wipe them out. It's not what it says. Grant with all boldness, with all boldness, that we may speak your word. By stretching out your hand, notice it's your word, your hand. Your hand to heal, wait a minute, to heal. No, we don't need to heal it, we need to deal with it. We need to stand against it. And what needs to happen is there needs to be more healing that takes place. The enemies of God are expecting a fight on the front of righteousness. What they're not expecting is the love of God to reach out and heal the ones who are sick. Your hand. I love that. Your hand, your word, your hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they're all filled with the Holy Spirit begin to speak the word of God with boldness. Let's just keep going because it's really that good. Now the multitude of those who had believed were of one heart and one soul. Lord Jesus, help us get there. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own. See, that's part of the problem. We think we own stuff. You're trying to take my stuff. You're trying to take my stuff. You ain't taking my stuff. You ain't taking my stuff. It ain't yours. By the Spirit of the Lord, by the Spirit of the Lord, Jesus knew when it was time to give his life. They didn't take his life. Nobody took the life of Jesus. He gave it. And by the Spirit of the Lord, you're going to need to know how to hear the voice of God because there could become a day, there could become a day in this fight that the Lord calls you to lay down your life and let and give them what they're wanting to take in the name of the Lord. And if your selfish pride is saying, no, I will not do it, then your ownership just got in the way of your stewardship. And there's another time where the Lord might say, having done all, stand. And don't out of some false compulsion or some false compassion, give what the Lord is not saying to give. You don't just give, you got to hear the Lord. The Lord will tell you when to stand. The Lord will tell you when to yield. But it's all in the name of the Lord. Because America is not our home. We're in this world, but come on, somebody, we're not. Worship team, go ahead and come on up, because if I keep going, I'm going to get in trouble. My point is, you can't just assume or presume 
It is so important that the generation in which we live as believers, young and old, it's so important for us to be people that are devoted to the doctrine of Christ, devoted to the word of God, that God comes first, that we must be devoted to fellowship and guarding unity. But yeah, somebody disagrees with me. I get it. I understand there's disagreements. But instead of trying to find the thing we differ on, what if we distrust and believe in one another to find the thing we agree on? And maybe from a place of agreement, the Spirit of God will work between us and and He'll show us a solution that neither one of us saw coming. Instead of quickly, see, everybody, I hear so many people complain about the cancel culture stuff, but yet I see it more prevalent in the church than I do in the world. And if you don't agree with me, if you don't agree with me, what ends up happening is we just, we cut you off. I've had people tell me this, I don't agree with your statement, I don't agree, so I'm going to another church. Like, man, I've been your pastor for years, and because of this simple little silly thing of you taking something out of context or some buzz phrase or something that you think you know what I mean when I say it, but you're not willing to have a conversation with me to walk out a deeper meaning, so much misunderstanding and confusion that happens that that and somebody somebody told me this, and I think it's a great statement. They said that in the world with unbelievers, if I disagree with them, it's it's they I disagree with them. That's not a not a big deal. They question my they question my thought process, they question my idea, but they don't end relationship with me. But in the church, if somebody disagrees with my idea, they question my salvation. Instead of coming and saying, you know what, let's, I, I, I only know in part, I only know in part, and you only know in part. So let's come and let's share, not what they're sharing on the news, but let's come and let's share what the Lord is sharing to us. And we need to pray. We need to be responsible to pray. But I, I think when I, when, when I read these prayers and prayers of the saints that went before us in Scripture that were under so much more persecution than we could ever think or imagine, They were praying for the the salvation and healing power of Christ to move through the land. They weren't saying we need to defend our rights. They weren't saying we need to defend this. They were saying, Lord Jesus, they, they wanted the great commission to go forth. Now, in that happening, I believe the Lord's going to raise up people to go into politics. I believe he's going to raise up people to go into business. I believe he's going to raise up people to go into education. I believe he's going to raise up people that have a specific anointing and a specific slingshot of the Lord to knock down giants in all these places. But the job of the church, the job of the church is to be so focused on the word of the Lord and the ways of the Lord that, that, that the power of God stands. And I want us to believe, I want us to believe that that we, being a spirit-filled people, that's why we need the, the fullness of the Spirit of God. We need to be people that pray, pray this all the time like we prayed a couple weeks ago. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Don't be drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, we need to be filled with your Spirit. We need to know your Word, and we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, God, so that your power can prevail, that you can work in their life. And so would a couple guys maybe come get this table and just move it over to the side for me, please? Or Sean, just pick it up and put it in his pocket, whatever you want to do. Here's what I want to do. I want you to stand to your feet. And during the second song, and you can give a reminder, during the second song, I want the altar team to come up. And anybody who needs prayer for anything whatsoever during the second song, the altar team is going to be up here. During the first song, I want to do something different. I'm going to ask you to humble yourself. Many of you may not agree with what have been shared today, and that's fine. But if you feel like, if you feel like me, if you're like me to where the Lord speaks things in reminders to you. And today was a reminder to you to kind of stay out of your flesh and stay into the spirit. And you kind of picked up on what I was putting down saying, yeah, that's me too. Then I'm going to encourage you to do what I've done privately. I'm going to encourage you to do something. I'm going to encourage you to come to this altar and humble yourself before God. And be honest with the the things that are out of balance. That's what I had to do. 
I had to come and because I started like, Lord, do you see this? And you, and he just started like, like, well, do you see this? And he brought me back into balance. And so I'm going to ask you church-wide in this house of prayer for you to come humble yourself before the Lord. If there needs to be repentance on your part to say, God, my flesh has gotten too stirred up. And if your heartbeat is to, to say, Lord, bring balance back into my life. Reset some things back into my life. So that you're open to the leading of the Lord. You're open to what he has for you to do. Because the Lord may have you go make a stand somewhere. The Lord may have you do it, but you better make sure it's the Lord leading you. Better make sure it's the Lord. And not just being stirred up in the flesh. We have to be precise. We have to be accurate. We have to wait on the Lord and only be moved by his spirit. So I want to have this first time in this first song for you to come. If it's you, just go ahead and start coming as I pray. Humble yourself before the Lord if you need to do it, whether it's one person or everybody. And just present yourself before the Lord to be rebalanced, to recalibrated. So Father, in Jesus' name, help us, God. Help us to rightly hear. Help us to rightly understand your word and all that you're doing. For me and my house, God, we want to serve you, Lord. We want to serve you first and foremost, God. So help us, God. Help us, Holy Spirit. Show us the areas where we need to repent, God. Show us the areas that we need to refocus on. And let signs and wonders break forth, God. Let your power and the power of your spirit move through me, move through our household, move through our city, God. Let there be a purity and a holiness in your people, God. Let there be a purity and a holiness in your people. And let us not be distracted in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pour your heart out to the Lord and let him recalibrate you. Thanks again for listening to the Faith Center podcast. To connect with us, go to faithcenter.tv and fill out our connection card. We pray blessings over you and your family. We'll see you next time.